0: Three words we don't like. (laughs) It's true. We dislike all three of them.
1: So we're wondering if our listeners have any words that prompt a negative response in them. Think about it.
0: Uh, We don't want to give these three words more exposure than they deserve. Nevertheless, we'll talk about them so you can decide whether or not you agree with us.
1: So that's our agenda for this time together on our weekly podcast called Before We Go.
0: Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines. This first of the three words we don't like
1: probably won't be in your dictionary.
0: Well, it's in the dictionary. It just doesn't have the definition that we're getting used to as a culture. So what's the word? Uh, well, the word is spinning. Oh, and if spinning. If you go to the dictionary, it will say the act of making thread from fiber, mm-hmm. and it will refer you to like a spinning wheel, but that's not where we are in terms of our culture when we use that word.
1: So we have a more contemporary definition of it than what's in the dictionary.
0: Well, we actually will talk about a spin doctor. Um, Okay, It's someone who is skilled at talking about facts, but making them more pleasing or palatable for people to read so that they will agree. Make it's, sense?
1: Yeah, it's a big part of the political world, I think. Well, not just the political world, but.
0: I think it's true in, well, it could be in the advertising world, but certainly in terms of the news media, uh-huh. whether it's television or printed media. You say, what is it that this person is going to be more open to hearing? And what is the listener or the viewer? Yeah, yeah, push
1: it, push it like crazy. Mm. So our concern is that this skill, or if we want to call it a skill, this spinning concept is starting to reach the local church.
0: I talked with an individual, Karen, just the other day, and that person said, this is what I'm good at. In fact, I see this as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Spinning? Anyway, it kind of took me back, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe that you actually said this to me. But spinning, yeah, that's what the person was saying. I'm very good at it, and it's an important thing to me, and I'm using it on behalf of the kingdom. Okay, so what do we mean by the word spinning? Well, I think, again, I don't know what an actual dictionary definition would be. You looked it up,
1: but it doesn't, it, it catch, doesn't capture uh, well, no, how it's, we it's, use it in common parlance it's
0: today. It's new, but it's people who say... I'm going to say what I think you want to hear Uh and I'm going to pull you into my side by beginning that way. Uh-huh. I see it almost as a dishonest uh-huh. approach. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be forthright in terms of what I'm saying. I
1: think I, when I think of the word spinning, I think of someone putting whatever they're trying to say in the context of it being more than it really is. Whatever they're selling or whatever they're pitching or whatever they're attempting to get someone to join that when they spin, they emphasize the goodness of that organization or that activity more than it really is and they leave out anything that would be disadvantageous or negative or flawed to the emphasis of boy this is really great you're gonna love it you need to buy it you gotta go see it any of that stuff that is just pushing whatever it is they're pushing a little bit more than what it really is
0: yeah it may not be an outright lie But it's playing with the truth. Uh And I think a spin doctor, that's what a spin doctor does. Was Jesus a spinner? You know, because this person said to me, everyone spins. Uh In fact, David, I would bet if I read your bio, it makes you look a little bit better than you really are.
1: I wrote your bio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that.
1: It tells people what you exactly are. No, we're not spinning at all. I think that is dangerous thinking, David, because it veers from the Christian standard of truth-telling. Now, we don't tell everything great that we did, or we think that we did, and we don't tell everything that's awful in our lives, the ways that we have failed and wish we hadn't failed or wish we had done better. But we attempt to say this is who the mains are, or this is who David is, or this is who Karen is. And I trust the people who are attempting to have us be a part of something, who say this is where the advantage of this is, this is what this organization is attempting to do. It's not perfect. You know, you always mm-hmm. wait for that phrase. We have people in our organization who have their own agenda, or we have a leader who's flawed like all leaders are flawed. But the major dream and the major concept behind this organization that we'd love to have you be a part of is true and real and beneficial. That, to me, is honesty, and I'm extraordinarily appreciative of it. I know the young man who talked to you about writing your bio, and I've read his bio, is nothing but spin to the point where someone might. My age wouldn't trust it at all I want to know where have you failed or what things have you learned from the hard stuff you've gone through so we include some of that as well
0: was Jesus spinning when he talked about a worldwide kingdom and him being the king who looked at Jesus as the king you know it's kind of like he was a spinner but I don't think Jesus was spinning at all I think that Jesus was stating the truth he was God's son he had mm-hmm. come here to be the king of those who would follow him and eventually that small seed would grow into this huge movement all over the world all over the world I don't see Jesus as a spinner. A kingdom
1: spinning. on earth that mirrored the one that was in evidency. A huge concept. I don't think he was a spinner. I don't think he spun at all. I mean, he was presenting reality and truth. But I think he knew that the people who would follow him, we humans, would have the tendency and give into the temptation to spin. And generally what happens with that is we don't spin our organization as much as we are tempted to spin ourselves.
0: You think so, huh?
1: I think that's where the great temptation lies. And maybe we have an understanding of humility enough to know that it's not good to spin yourself. So we spin the organization that we're part of. But we're really wanting to tell someone how great we are as far as being a part of that organization is what I suspect.
0: But uh, spinning is not something you like as far as a concept. and It is not necessarily something I like.
1: I would say that when we see fellow Christian leaders spin, we have a reaction, a negative reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And partly that's because we have been in ministry all of our lives. We've been in media ministry. I don't think it's just a temptation of the leaders of media ministry. I think a lot of pastors have these same problems or local leaders in the church. So when we see people in ministry, whether it's in large media ministries or in the local church doing what we call spinning, we have a check in our spirit Mm -hmm. that says, "Um, I'm not sure What's going on here? Why do they need to spend so much? Are they telling the truth? That sort of stuff goes on.
0: We started by saying mm-hmm. it pervades uh-huh. the political world. Uh-huh. It certainly is a part of the, what would we call it? The news, news media. You mentioned I think that. that yeah. And it's creeping into the church, and it's just one of those areas where people need to be very careful. Uh-huh. Let's move on to the second word. The second word, Karen, is propagandizing.
1: Okay. So we have the first word is spinning. spinning. We don't like that word. <laughs>
0: no, we don't. And <laughs> <propagandize>. <laughs> when... I hear the word propaganda, I think, in terms of Nazis. Nazi propaganda. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I I think of Russian propaganda. You Mm -hmm. know, what they're doing is they're, in a sense, they're spinning as well. But when you say propaganda, you're talking about a huge Mm -hmm. effort on the Mm -hmm. part even of nations. It's the proclamation of truth, however, with deception and distortion. Mm -hmm. I picked that right out of the dictionary. And Uh, it
1: generally has a negative cast. You know, Mm -hmm. when we hear of someone being a propagandist or a certain kind of propaganda, we associate that with some sort of a negative evaluation.
0: Does the church ever fall into this propaganda category?
1: Oh, we're susceptible to (laughs) <laughs> to this error, is any other area, and, and what we're asking our listeners to do is to be more discriminating in their evaluation of the things that they hear. Ask themselves, is this a spin that someone's putting on this? Or is this propaganda? And by propaganda, we would go along with that Webster's Dictionary
0: definition. I, I would say sometimes when the church moves into propaganda, it says that its stories all have happy endings. Mm-hmm. Or this story is told of the person who is an absolute sinner who becomes a saint and mm-hmm. never has problems after that. And
1: Glorious conversion, <laughs> yeah. which are wonderful to hear about. I mean, we all there are we such have stories. heard these stories. Say- and I've seen them in our own mm-hmm. on our own ministry. But it becomes something else when it's being propagandized. It's using a reality and pushing it beyond the reality,
0: I think, is another way of approaching it. There's that. something that's not right about it. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, Karen, I would say that many times it bothers me me when at the end of a message or the end of a television program Uh or whatever, the individual in charge will say, let me just say to you people who are not followers of Jesus, Uh If you would want to become a follower of Jesus, here's a simple prayer for uh-huh. you to pray. Just pray it after but me. The sinner's prayer. Is what, it's the sinner's they, prayer. They yeah, mm-hmm. and be- people have different versions of it, but it makes a complex message uh-huh. highly simplified. Uh-huh. And it's like th- this is all that's involved. Uh-huh. It's like in Scripture where you get the story of the rich young ruler, and he says to Jesus, "What do I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus says to him, "Just repeat after me this prayer, uh-huh. and you will become a part of the kingdom." which is obviously a premier. Not
1: what Jesus said to the rich young ruler <laughs> uh,
0: he could have <laughs> yeah. but he didn't uh-huh. and a lot of times i believe this actually becomes a propaganda piece it's not uh-huh. that hard it's uh-huh. all grace it's all on god's part yeah. there isn't a the sense of the person saying i have screwed up my life uh-huh. i have dishonored not only you but my fellow travelers i have You're sinned i have sinned uh-huh. yeah I, I
1: am a sinner
0: I confess my sin. So there's
1: this extraordinary conviction as far mm-hmm. as their state of alienation from God. Now, I, let me just make a parenthesis here because you do have the spiritual gift of evangelism, and I watched it manifest itself at our dining room table like, countless numbers of times. Someone comes and we get into a conversation because they are a seeker because mm-hmm. of the questions yes. that you ask them in a very gentle way that indicate that they're a seeker. They know that they do not know God the way they want to, but you make it very clear to them that what we have to do is be ready when we come to God to give up the past life we have to be ready to say I am a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness and we
0: need to come to the cross we need to and you
1: always take them to the cross i mean mm-hmm. i've watched it over and over again and the moment you do that their eyes are just filled with tears they're filled with emotion so this is the sinner's prayer but what we're saying is that it takes a lot more time than what often is tagged on to some meaty ministry appeal and that's what your reaction is as far as is there enough information there to really help a true conversion process, or is it so simplistic that the person who wants that makes a sort of sim- simple
0: nod without
1: going through the process of repentance? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're cautioning about,
0: I think. I, I see it almost as propaganda. Okay, It's as simple, it's just a routine. There is a routine to people coming to the Lord, but it isn't superficial. Uh-huh. I would equate superficiality with propaganda in many uh-huh. ways. So anyway, I don't like the word. I hope that my illustration is on target, mm-hmm. we can go to a third word. Okay?
1: But we're asking our listener to, again, I'm emphasizing this, to be wary of the times when they're being spun. <laughs> by some sort of communicator somewhere. Or of the message of the kingdom of God or of salvation that comes through a propagandizing kind of effort. Generally the motivations behind either of those two things are not straight on or good or holy.
0: I don't know whether that's fair. I don't know what the motivation is. I think most ministers who say this is the sinner's prayer, they want the best for the person. It's just that it's been reduced to a formula that is not really fair with what Jesus talked about. Jesus said go sell everything you have, give it to the wow. poor and come follow me. To the rich give young it.
1: ruler when he was asked, how can I inherit eternal life? But I think Jesus knew that was the very thing yes. that was standing in the way of that young man really being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting to me that the word inheritance is, or inherit is used here because in, among those who are wealthy, that's a lot of how their wealth comes, is through inheriting or inheritance. So it was a message that was tailor-made to that individual at that mm-hmm. time. It's Pretty extraordinary, really, when you look at it. Let's
0: go to the third word. Okay, so emphasize. We dislike. We it.
1: don't like spinning. We don't like propagandizing. Here's the next one. Da da. Okay. Gimmicky. Gimmicky. Yeah. Gimmicky. It's, it's a gimmickyizing to make it all fit propagandizing. <laughs> okay. What does that mean, the, honey?
0: Well, the gimmick is it's a ruse or it's a uh, trick. Okay. Yeah. A
1: manipulation.
0: Yeah, And I find that sometimes mm-hmm. in the church as I watch it in the broad scale. Plant a seed of faith. Mm-hmm. You give to us, and that's the initial planting. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen is that God will multiply return that. to you, and he will multiply that. You will be amazed. There's something that's not right about that. Mm-hmm.
1: It feels manipulative in a way.
0: It's a gimmick. Yeah. It's how do <laughs> we get people to do what we want them to do. Most of the time it's I.E our ministry and cloak it into words that sound quite spiritual
1: well no it's you give and you'll get something back and I I don't Find that really taught in scripture as much as you give out of obedience and love, and because you've been
0: nudged to do so, not because God's going to bless you abundantly.
1: Yeah, I'm, you I. You
0: too can have your private jet. Yeah, you too <laughs> can have your private jet or um, your mansion. Your, or your, yeah. yeah,
1: I really believe that Scripture teaches we are to give generously as generously as possible, without any expectation of return, because that makes it a pure act of obedience, or an act of love, or an act of support. And I think that's one of the things we need to be very wary of when we listen to national media ministries. But I think that local people can fall into this trap as well. We do it for the pure joy of supporting God's work. And the people who we feel are honorable, or most of them sacrificial, they're not making piles of money in what they're doing. You know, I think of some of the missionaries we support and different people we want to stand beside. It's because they've been called to do God's work that we give to them, and they're doing God's work in a way that blesses us to watch what they're doing, what the fruit of their work is. Those are the reasons that we give to them. I
0: admire the priest in the Catholic Church. They take yeah. vows of poverty, chastity, obedience. Uh-huh. Those are all tough vows. Uh-huh. For me to say, I will forego marrying Karen uh-huh. because I'm going to put the kingdom first, uh-huh. or I'm going to forego having an income, uh-huh. the whole thing of I'm going to be obedient to uh-huh. others who are my superiors, uh-huh. those are very difficult uh-huh. vows that people take. We don't have anything like that in terms of the Protestant Church. It would be good if we had some checks Mm -hmm. It would be like that. Was it Richard Foster
1: who wrote the book on the three great Mm
0: -hmm.
1: dangers that have always existed for people in ministry or for anyone who wants to follow Christ are money, sex, and power. And that's what those vows that come out of the Catholic monastic movement and the Orthodox monastic movement as well, Mm -hmm. though that's not a non-married priesthood, respond to those great three dangers, money, sex, and power. So we take a vow of poverty and we follow Jesus the way he instructed his disciples to follow him, which is quite amazing.
0: I they'll read that passage. Okay, Go ahead. we have it. Which mm-hmm. passage is it? A- well, this is in Luke, I think it's in chapter 9, uh-huh. and it's when he sends out the disciples. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. Now, those are incredible gifts, gifts he gave to them, to be able to heal people. That, uh-huh. That's amazing. To cast
1: out demons. Yeah, yeah, you what know, a wonderful Extraordinary. Thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And power sent them out to preach the kingdom of God, which again was a wonderful, uh-huh. wonderful message, and to heal the sick. He told them, take them nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, My no goodness. extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere.
1: So these vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience come straight out of those recommendations that Jesus gave to to his own disciples. And just think about that. You leave for a road trip, not really sure where you're going to end up, and you take no bag with you.
0: It's a different culture, but the overall emphasis... Yeah, that's but that's Christ about... sending his
1: disciples out to... Act that way, and out of that sort of commendation of Christ, the monastic movement then took those Mm vows. It suits us well, even though we're not in monastic movements, as Christians in a modern-day culture to reconsider what that kind of spiritual empowering that comes from Christ sending you out, how it's fed by denying ourselves these other things. Watch out. Yeah, you got a big name. I mean, we've had some of this in our own past uh, where everyone knew who David and Karen Mains were, or there were big gifts that came through to support the ministry and, and a feeling of influence. Let's use influence instead of the word power. Those are very heady things. And if you give in to them, they can destroy the journey of the soul as quickly as any other kind of sin can do so i think this is a word for us for today those of us who are following christ or have responsibilities in the church or find ourselves in positions of media ministry or wide known development organizations these words are as important for us to follow today as they were when jesus sent his disciples out on the road
0: let me reduce things to a sentence okay Mm -hmm. what's the sentence for today The humble, honest lifestyle Jesus taught and practiced should mark those who are leaders in his cause. Hmm. Read it again. The humble, honest lifestyle Jesus taught and practiced should mark those who are leaders in his cause. Which is why I think that spinning becomes a very distasteful word. If I go from spinning to the second one, which is propagandizing that we don't want to move into that area. And certainly a gimmicky approach. That's not something that is tasteful to us. There are other words. Uh I don't like the word manipulation. Uh You know, We can say words and being mad at the word doesn't help. But the question is, are we being careful about Uh all these? Uh And I am not appointed by Jesus to evaluate how others are doing. I just have to be able to say, Lord, is this fair in my life? I think I do pretty well with these. Uh Uh, There are other areas that I avoid talking about because I don't do nearly as well, (laughs) or I'm still on my way, or I'm just very grateful for God's forgiveness, but I've come to him many, many times and said, please, Jesus, it needs to be forgiven again. So whatever. This is one of those areas where I'm saying, let's all examine ourselves. You pick your words you don't like. Let us know about them. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts, at beforewego.show That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois 60187.